Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. My name is Sylvan, and I will be your host. Today, we are in Rappersville and visit Jutta Jertrum. She has built her company Twist Out all by herself and without any investors. She already sold more than 1 million sticks. Today, we talk about her switch from a well-paid job to entrepreneurship, her appearance in the Swiss version of Shark Tank, and also about female entrepreneurship and her future plans. Enjoy today's episode. Before we get started with the episode, I would like to introduce you to SBB Startup. If you think that your company is a good fit for the Swiss Railways, get in touch with them or learn more about their startup programs at sbbstartup.com. Jutta, a very warm welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's great to have you here today. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for inviting me. Of course. We are here in your home and also office in Rapperswil. Yes. Can you tell us a bit more about the space that we are currently in? Why do you choose to have your office at home, basically? Okay, this is my base. I live here since 20 years. And at the beginning, it was quite obvious. Mm -hmm. I mean, I started a business with low budget and no income. So what to do? So I had the space here and I had a free internet. So I started working here at the dining table. That, that was the beginning. So, and after a while, it was okay, but after a while, the family said, oh, you, you're always here at the table. I mean, mm -hmm. just make some space. We want to have dinner with you, whatever. Right. But I kept always working after dinner. So I bought a desk and said, okay, I move. And I set up my office, but still at home because mm -hmm. of the, yeah, cash flow. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Absolutely. So basically, you know, startups in Silicon Valley, they start in the garage. You basically started at the kitchen table, at the dinner table. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can remember when I had my first order here and the stock is as well in the garage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I said, well, this is like, yeah, Silicon Valley. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. Absolutely. A, a sort of some wind of Silicon Valley in Switzerland, right? Yeah. Let's take us back when you actually started. You switched to entrepreneurship from a well-paying job. Uh, you were working at the castle in Rapperswil. Yes. Why did you make this choice? Because that's also sort of linked to a higher risk to jump ship and sort of sail down this uncertainty and you know don't have an income or not a steady income. Why did you choose from a well-paying job to startup land? I had a very well-paid job as a managing director in the Rappers, in the Rapperswil Castle, yeah, with a great team. Uh, we did a great job. We were very successful. But with Twist Out, I just my, my focus changed, and I knew now the time. Uh, it's the time now to to do something new, mm -hmm. and even maybe it's because of maybe it's because of my age as well. I mean, I said, okay, if I'm not trying it now, right now, I will not try it anymore. Right. So that was it. So, so it was about time. It was about time. And um, yeah, it was quite clear that I will change mm -hmm. my life. Did you always have this desire to start something on your own even no. before? No, no, no. 
But where did that come from then? I, mean, I don't know. It, it, it was just because I said, okay, this is something I really want to try. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was my idea. It was, it was my thing. It was my business. And that's what I did. I think it will be very interesting for people to learn more about how you actually got to this idea. I think it was one of your own problems that you faced, right? Can you walk us a bit through how you actually you know, faced this problem and then realized, hey, there's no good solution out there. I need to do something. Right. So I had a, a pulley running shower drain here at home. And uh, all the products I bought, they didn't solve my problem. So this was... This was for me. I mean, every day I was in my shower and said, okay, that can't be. Mm-hmm. So I'm a, I'm a person. So the head starts thinking, what can I do? Do we have a solution? Uh, and all, yeah, I, I don't know. It was always in my mind. And then um, one day at my carpenters, I had the idea. I want to try a long stick, a wooden stick, mm-hmm. kind of a, a, a corkscrew. So that could work, maybe. Right. And uh, I actually was asking him for, I, I asked him to make me a drawing mm-hmm. without telling what it is for. Interesting. Yes. And why didn't you tell him? Like, because just I don't know. I said, okay, I, I don't know. I said, okay, this is, this is maybe a strange idea. And <laughs> I don't know. I just said, no, I, 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 I I didn't tell him what it for what it, it is for. Yeah. So uh, after that, I went to a to a wooden to a wood turner, you say, a yeah. wood turner, for for a prototype. And as well, I didn't tell him for what it is for. Mm-hmm. I took that stick at home, and he brought just the inside of my drain out in seconds. I mean, really, it, it just worked perfect. And before that, you had like chemicals and everything. I had, okay, work. chemicals, and then you have these plastic things, then you have, I don't know, yeah. whatever. Yeah, I tried a lot of gadgets, I mm. would say, didn't work. So, so I was happy. I was still working at the castle. So I was housewife and I was uh, managing directors. For me, it's fine. So I calmed down and said, okay, I have a solution. Everything's perfect. Mm. So then, a few months later, we went with the whole team to Prague and we were in a very nice hotel and I shared the room with a good friend of mine and she came out of the bathroom and said, Jutta, please call a housekeeping because uh, we have a pulley shower drain or pulley running shower drain in the, in the bathroom. And I was sitting there, I, I, I was sitting there in the bed and said, I can't be, really. <laughs> And it is very unpleasant for the guests and very bad for the host. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was very important. At that point, I realized I have the perfect solution for a common problem. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, it's not just my drain. So you have that problem. A lot of people having that problem. But I didn't didn't realize at at that point or or before because it was my problem. And yeah. I think that's super interesting because you just wanted to build a solution for yourself because yes. you faced that problem over and over again. How much time passed in between the moment that you actually built your first successful prototype and the moment in Prague where you realized, oh, this is actually bigger than just my own household that's facing that problem? 
for five months, I would say, okay. yeah. And what did he decide to do afterwards? Because, you know, that was just one occurrence. So you saw it at, at the hotel yeah, so and you I realized... I was quite excited. <laughs> it was like, I can imagine. I was really like very excited. So back home, I told my family about it. Mm -hmm. And my mom said, apply for a patent. Do that. And I said, hmm, yeah, why not? I said, hmm. So, so, okay. I mean, it was in February or March. And... Um, it was clear that I want to do something and I was still working or I finished even the year in the castle. Mm -hmm. So, but still I took, I, I, I asked for a submission for the patent and um, during that time we tried to find a producer for the sticks. Mm -hmm. Monica, a very good friend of mine, she was working in a castle with me. She still does. Um, She's from, from Slovakia. And I said, um, you do a lot of wood there, like Czech Republic and Slovakia. Maybe do you have any ideas? Mm -hmm. And actually she found me the perfect producer wow. without knowing for what it is for. Huh? Still the same story. <laughs> Still the same, same story. So she found the perfect producer and um, he realized after a few tries, of course, after a few tries, the today's twist out mm -hmm. and as well without knowing for what it is for. So everybody was asking me, yeah, for what do you need these sticks? And I mean, I was in, in, in like catering and stuff. Are you needed for, for, uh, for, I don't know, in a hotel or you need it in a castle or is it for food or for what is it for? I said, well, it doesn't matter. So after the registration of the patent, I went out and I told everybody for what the stick is for. So Monica, she was very excited and she's my biggest fan since the beginning. Nice. It's very nice. So, and the feedbacks, they were good. And um, the sustain sustainability was always be mentioned. Mm -hmm. So this was, at that, at that time, it was very interesting for me because I was focused on the functionality. And everybody said, oh, it's wood, sustainable, organic. So, okay, mm -hmm. I do have a sustainable product made in Europe, which was very important for me from the right. beginning on. And um, it was clear that I need a packaging which is plastic free. Mm -hmm. So we realized that within, I don't know, six months, actually, seven months, six, seven months, always with Monica by my side. She was helping me with the language. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting as well. I mean, with the, with the people in, in, in Czech or in Slovakia. So how they speak with each other. I mean, it's totally different with what we do. So uh, she is quite good in that. And uh, she handled that very well. Yeah, so my first, my first uh, packaging for retail came from Czech Republic and was stored here in the garage in Switzerland. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful story. And there are so many different points that I would like to dig in a bit deeper. Okay. Because, you know, it's, you just identified the problem for your own and then you build a business out of that. I mean, yeah. that's probably the best entrepreneurial story that one could ask for. So when you actually... Um, contacted your friend Monica about finding a producer. 
how did you then choose the producer or actually also realize that you found the right one? What were the criteria that you were looking for? And how did you then sort of realize, okay, this is the right uh, company to work with? Okay, she knew how the stick should look like. I mean, I had that drawing. I mean, the prototype was one thing. It was not exactly what I was uh, looking for, but it was close to that. So I explained to her how the stick should look like. And then, she, I mean, it, it was her her network. So, um, yeah, I don't know actually from where she got the, the address, mm -hmm. but she came and said, okay, listen, I think I would have somebody for you. And I said, okay, listen, we go to Czech Republic because I want to see the producer. I want to see... I want to see the company. I want to meet the the guy, whatever, and that it that is what we did actually. And um, he said, "Yeah, I can do that for you." And uh, so we had I don't know at least six, seven tries because oh, I want to have a deeper spiral. I want to have this and that and that and that. And how did that then work? So they actually produced a prototype several yes, times, right. sent it to you, and then yes, you tested it at right. home. Exactly. I mean, the testing was clear. It, it works, but it's even better. It, I mean, a few things. Mm -hmm. Visual as well. Huh? I mean, it right. was like, yeah. So, um, but he realized it for me. Yeah, he does. He did it. And how did he actually, you know, talk to people about it? You know, sort of getting the product right without really telling them what is, it was used for at the beginning? Because I can imagine that's pretty difficult, no? The most of them, they really thought it's something, it's something for my work mm -hmm. in the castle. Right. Because um, this was something totally new. Nobody even thought about that that <laughs> wooden stick would be for a drain. Nobody. Really nobody. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, yeah. And you see, I mean, it's a wooden stick. I mean, it's not that interesting like having, I don't know, a special gadget or whatever. So, I mean, they ask and I say, well, I can't tell you for what it is. Yeah, okay. I mean, even it's a boring wooden stick. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And then when you were actually validating the idea, did you also test it with other people? Yeah. Or, okay, how did you go about that? was very nervous in a very exciting time. So, you know, the first time, I mean, I, I we tried it with the family and it worked. So I knew, of course, I had drains, they were empty. And uh, at the beginning you think, okay, it, it doesn't work. Okay. But now I know, okay, if, 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 if the stick is clean, the drain is clean. So easy. And um, I gave it to family and friends. A lot of them didn't try it from the beginning on. And I have one story, which is very nice, actually. He's a guy, and I know him quite well. And he has a wife and two, two daughters, long hair. Mm -hmm. Try that stick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you try the stick? Oh, no, 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 no. Did you try it? No, I didn't. And <laughs> after a while, everybody was talking about that twist out stick. And I met him in Rapperswil, and he said, you know what? Now I go home and I try that stick. And he was sending me actually a, a picture, a photo of it. And I'm using it all the time because it's a perfect, perfect photo just to show. Look, this is my, this is my twist out. Yeah. A beautiful story. And how do you then evaluate that the market is actually big enough to go and, and build a business around that idea? 
was there any particular point or did you just have more like a gut feeling where you said, hey, this could actually become something? I didn't know it. Yeah, that's why. I mean, I really didn't know. I said, okay, I want to try. This is my my budget. This is the time I, I will spend for that for that twist out stick. But I don't I don't have a clue if it works. Yeah. What what do the people say out there? So just to understand that correctly, you basically set a timeline and also a budget limit for yes, yourself. Yes, I did. Sure. Yeah. To start and then say, hey, I think this yeah. can be something. Yeah. Let's test it out with that yeah. that amount of money, that time frame, and see if it works. Yes. What was the time frame, and if you're open to disclose also the amount of money that you said, that's the test setup? The time was, uh, I gave me two years. Mm-hmm. And money-wise, it was about, I'm, I can't remember, was it 60 or 80,000? Okay. I needed quite a lot for the patent. So sure. yeah, th- this, was, this was one thing I said, okay. If I, I guess it was 80. I said, okay, when I reached the 80,000, and there's no income at that point, I just give up, yeah. And was that more a a gut decision or did you have, uh, like for the two-year period, for example, why two years, why not one year or three years? Yeah, because it was clear that I have to give me some time. I mean, I can't, one year is nothing. We know that. As a startup, I know it today. I mean, a year just goes like, yeah, Yeah. and nothing happens. Even if you try to get listed in stores, I mean, it takes you, a a listing could, could, I don't know, sometimes takes about six months. So, I mean, it's nothing. Years, yeah. But for me, it was important to see, okay, how is the reaction outside? It's not it's not the income or it's not the selling the product for me was much more important getting the feedbacks uh, from from friends from family from the people from the retailers and um, yeah this was my 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 first focus very nice and then you also mentioned you filed for a patent basically why did you decide to take this step and also how did you manage that because getting a patent is also quite legally challenging to fill in everything, right? Yeah, for that I took a uh, attorney. So, I mean, this is clear. You have to. This is for what you have to spend money. Right. Just to make sure, okay, it works. And it, it was clear as well, if my stick works, I have to have a patent because otherwise I'm lost. Right. Yeah. So, and um, was very, very important for me. And um, yeah, for that, I spent quite a lot of money. I was spending quite a lot of money. But uh, seems to be a good investment so far. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> what, was your mom also driving force behind the, the patent filing? Because you mentioned in, in the story earlier that she basically said, hey, you should actually file a patent for, yes. for this thing. Yeah, she was the one actually said, okay, go for it. And that, that's what I did, yeah. So no, I, I, she, she found it quite cool actually that her daughter tries, yeah. It's nice saying, okay, my daughter, she's having a patent. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah. And then you, you found the producer, you uh, decided, hey, this is the right company to work with. You finished the product basically. But then you also had to figure out the whole logistics part, right? Because you need to have them here in Switzerland and you also sell them in different countries nowadays. How did you solve the logistical part? Well, actually, this is quite, for, 
Yeah, it was actually quite easy. Okay. I mean, you just take the phone and you ask for some offers right. and then you, you just choose the right one and that's it. But okay, I, I, as well me, huh? I had problems with the logistics. Huh? Mm -hmm. I had uh, I had my sticks. They came I don't know out of the pallets and like yeah. But I mean, this is quite easy. This is easy yes, <laughs> compared to everything is, else. <laughs> yeah, compared to everything else, it's quite easy. Yeah. And one part of your logistic chain or supply chain is also based in Germany, right? Where you do some packaging. Yes, now we, we, we change. Actually, now we, 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 we pack, we store, and uh, we produce in Germany. I still have my producer in Czech Republic, okay. but all the rest now is in Germany because uh, I, I supply, yeah, I supply within Germany. I mean, most of, of, of my sales is in Germany, so it makes sense. So you're also faster in delivering the products in. Yes, and what else? The, the other thing is um, that when I'm, I'm within Europe, which is perfect. So right. if I have clients in Germany or in Austria or I have Belgium and Netherlands, so I mean, this is perfect, yeah. And how did you make this decision that you knew it was time to actually uh, shift uh, a certain part to Germany? just because of the sales or were there also other reasons where you said, okay, now it's time to find a new partner or additional partners? I wanted to find a, a partner in Germany and uh, I was asking the company who was doing my packaging mm -hmm. as well in Germany. The packaging was, was then in Germany. I said, okay, do you know anybody who can, who can handle that? If, uh, yeah. And so we have a handicapped workshop in the south of Germany mm -hmm. and he said, listen, they could do that for you. And now we are working together since, I can't remember now, it's one and a half years. Yeah, close to two years now. Yeah. So you not only have a sustainable aspect, but also a social aspect with your product. Right, yeah. But that's what he said. And, and, and I met the guys and it was, was such a nice, yeah, it was just fine. It was working and for me it was perfect. So it's about a four-hour drive, three-hour drive from here. And I know the people and the communication is very good. And so that works. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also this social and sustainable aspect seems to be very important to you. W yes. Where does that come from? Why is, where does this sort of inner desire or deep conviction come from that this is an important part of having in your product? The producing was clear. Uh, the, it was clear that I don't want to go to China. From the beginning on, this why, is my person. Okay. It's just me. I said, I can. Why? Why should I go to to China? I have everything here. Right. We do have everything here. I mean, for my product. Of course. And, uh, yeah. And if I would go to China, I mean, it's very interesting because it's beechwood. I mean, they would produce my stick, but the beechwood would come from Europe, goes to China. They produce my 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 sticks, and they bring. Uh, the, the wood or the sticks back. Right. I mean, this is stupid. Doesn't make this, sense. It doesn't make yeah. any sense. And uh, for me, very important is always, I, I always know the people I'm working with, mm -hmm. always. So it's the first thing I do, even I have a partner in Berlin, and I said, oh, I want to do business with you. Okay, wait. First we met, meet, and then we will see, because for me, it's very, very important to see how it feels like. Mm -hmm. So... Um, 
coming back to the question, who was actually, why? Why this is so important to you to have this sustainable and social yes, aspect. Right. And then you have that sustainable product and it, it's clear that you don't break the chain with something, I don't know. Plastic, for plastic. example, right? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that would be stupid. And the important part that you just mentioned, this sort of relationship with the people you work with, this personal connection, what are you looking for in people when you actually meet them in person to decide whether this is a good fit as a partner to work with? It's just my inner, it's just, I don't know, the vibes, the, mm -hmm. the I don't know, it's something. Do, do you have an example where your gut feeling was negative, where you said, oh, yeah, better sure. don't yeah, work with yeah, that person? Yes, of course, yeah, yeah. Can you give us an example? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a loads of them. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't know. You have this, you have this, um, you want to have an example? No, I, I do say quite often, no, even okay. if I could make business, mm -hmm. it's just, I don't know. It's just your gut feeling yeah, telling you no. Yeah, it's just my know. gut feeling. It's just like, yeah, I said yes or no, it, that fits, that right. doesn't fit. Have, have you ever ignored your gut feeling? When I was younger, yes. Okay. Yeah, today, not anymore. Okay. No, no. Because then you, you sort of had uh, to pay for the ignorance, I can imagine. Yes, and it's not worth it. It's it's like, it's, no, it's, it's just, it, it's much more important for me today. Mm -hmm. huh? Really today. This is one of the aspects, I mean, I'm really, I, I really must must be sure that, 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 the feeling for me, the God feeling is right for me. Yeah. Mm. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's not always business-like, but uh, it's very, very important for me. I, I can imagine that sort of this gut feeling is also very much driven by personal values or, or things that are important to you. Yes. How would you describe that? Like, what are the important values that you want to, to sort of see in people when, when you work with them or that you also follow yourself? Trust. Trust is one thing, very, very important. The most important thing, actually. That's it, trust. We will talk about how you actually built the successful business and also got your first revenue and much more beyond that in, in the second episode. But you also had a very prominent appearance on the Swiss, Swiss television in the Shark Tank version of Switzerland. Yes. What was the motivation that you actually signed up for it for the show and wanted to be part of it? Well, the first idea was actually to find uh, a partner for my company, for me and for my company. Mm -hmm. And as well, of course, to tell the people outside what I'm doing. Of course. Yeah. But I really, I tried to find a partner with uh, the Shark Tank. What was that moment when you realized, hey, I'm, I actually need to look for a partner? Was there a certain moment uh, when you said, okay, now it's time for getting someone else on board? It was, I mean, it, it came, it was, at one point it was clear because I, I want get, get to get the globalization, the internationalization for Twist Out. Mm -hmm. And what I did until now, I mean, this is fine, huh? step by step. I have very good clients. I have major customers. I mean, this is, uh, this works, but... Uh, I want to. I want to be a little bit more faster, mm -hmm. and 
I'm still a startup. I mean, it's nice. Sometimes it's nice what you said, okay, I'm for my own. But for the major customers, it's not always positive. I mean, yeah. So it would be nice having somebody by, by my side or not like next to me, but really having a partner says, okay, listen, we, we rock that thing. Yeah. And what were you specifically looking for in a partner? More like a media or distribution marketing uh, edition or something else or a combination of uh, actually several a things. combination. But uh, if I have, if I if I have to choose, I would say it, it's like marketing and distribution. Because you felt that this is something that you cannot handle everything yourself and you can yeah, hit a bigger not, scale yes, with a good partner. Right. Okay. Yeah. And then why did you choose to apply for the Swiss Shark Tank version? I mean, you could also have gone to Germany or you could have tried to find other investors. Why the Swiss version of the Shark Tank? What's the next show? actually on tv so what you do then you say okay and you, i mean you google it and mm -hmm. what do we have and no actually a friend of mine she said okay do you know we have shark tank in switzerland and i said no i applied for the shark tank in germany mm -hmm. a year before uh, but they didn't take me okay and i i joined actually a show on a private tv in germany i i i won that show Right. But it was never on TV, unfortunately. So no publicity there? No publicity. My stock was full because they said, oh, you have to be ready. Uh, sure. Okay. So my why, why wasn't it aired on TV? Did they just cancel the show? They or? aired it on TV and uh, the quotes were very bad. Oh, and then they stopped it. Yeah, they stopped okay. it. I was already, you, you already saw... The first, uh, I don't know, the first, how do you say? One or two episodes, I guess. Right, right? yeah, it was like two or, yeah, two or three episodes. And um, it was two weeks before my, yeah, I can't remember. It was beginning of February, whatever. And yeah, they just cut it. And, yeah. That must be quite frustrating. It because was. Because you invest a lot of it time. It was. You invest a lot of time, a lot of money huh, yeah. for the homepage the warehouse uh i don't know what like yeah media yeah and it's just gone and nothing yeah gone and nothing and why did you then still decide to to give it a try with the swiss version because the same thing could basically have happened here you're right yeah but theoretically yeah but that would be yeah no yeah <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> it's hard to imagine it's still <laughs> no yeah uh -uh. So I, mean, I, I I applied for the for the for the Swiss Shark Tank mm -hmm. and um, they took me and everything went well and um, so it's okay. How did that selection process work? Like, did you have to go there in person and sort of pitch? Yes. Or, okay. Yes. Yes. You pitched there first. Uh, I had I don't know. It wasn't Zurich, mm -hmm. somewhere, and you have a casting and you pitch, like you would be on television, and then they decide who is joining them. I can highly recommend people to check out your pitch because I think there are two cool aspects. First of all, it's a perfect pitch, but also when you started, you sort of had a blackout um, and basically didn't really know where to start. Can you walk us a bit around or through the situation, how you actually felt when that happened and how you successfully deal with that to overcome the fear? It was horrible, actually. I mean, you just, you come in and you start 
And I really had a blackout. I mean, a blackout, a blackout. I, I, I was really like, I didn't know. Yeah. And then I saw that golden jacket from Roland. Roland was wearing. Mm -hmm. And this made me so, I was so confused. <laughs> and I said, okay, stop, stop, stop. And then uh, Bettina Hein, she said, okay, stop. Right. Come back, just relax, do it again. And then it was okay. So this was a pitch. I mean, I did it before a few times. It was not my first pitch. It was a very well-crafted pitch. Yeah, but it, 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 and, but and still it happens. Right. It's, it's, yeah, you never know what life brings. So it was definitely authentic. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then I, I remember, I remember the situation when I, when I saw, when I saw me on television, I said, oh, oh my God, they didn't cut it out. Huh? Yeah. First I said, okay, maybe they cut it out. Easy, huh? And then, okay, no, they didn't cut it out. How did that make you feel? Ooh, I mean, this was really like, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but uh, at the end it was okay. And the feedback for the blackout was quite good. And somebody told me, and, and I think she, she's right. She said, okay, it was a good pitch. It was, everything was perfect, but we will always remember you yes. because of that special moment with that blackout, which is as well publicity. It's sort of your USP that makes you stand out from everyone else who pitched, right? Yes, yes. That's so it's actually quite a nice thing if, if you look at it that way. <laughs> Did you also put too much pressure on yourself that you had this blackout or is this just something that can happen? No, I didn't actually. What was, um, I was there at about 11 o'clock and they said, okay, uh, after lunch, I will have my pitch and then I don't know, after it was, it was before lunch, they said, you know what, just go and we do your pitch. Before lunch? Yes. So I changed and, you know, a little bit of makeup and then I just went in and, but this is not, a, it's not an excuse. I mean, it just happened, but yeah, sure. but I wasn't really prepared maybe. <laughs> I mean, it can always happen and you, you it, always it can, need to be yeah. ready, but still, yeah, it's, it uh, is, you yes. had a different sort of expectation about what's going to happen. Right, yeah. yeah. And then the Sharks actually offered you a deal, but they asked for much more shares in return for the investment than you originally offered them. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you wanted to ask for 10% yes. uh, that you wanted to offer them. And they, on the other hand, asked for 20%. They basically just doubled it, right? Right. How did you come up with the decision to then negotiate? Because that also takes quite some guts and to, to sort of come back and renegotiate a deal. What were your thoughts back in that situation? I mean, this was clear that I, I mean, I, if I offer you 10 and you want to give me 20, that I say, okay, listen, I mean, no, I mean, it's my baby, it's my company. Sure. It was okay what happened afterwards. I mean, I was asking for 15, just the, the middle. Right. And uh, what Jörg Marquardt said, I mean, I actually liked it that he said, oh, come on, let's do 18 with middle, middle, like this. Always dealing. Yeah, always dealing. I mean, and this is, uh, this was very nice, actually. I liked it. Mm -hmm. And it's okay for me. It's really okay for me if I have 10 or 18. I mean, it makes, yeah, there is a quite a big difference, but still, uh, it was actually a good deal. Mm -hmm. And and what was your strategy like? Did you come in with 10% and originally also really intended, okay, that's like what I want to make a deal with? Or were you saying like, 
let's start a bit lower and then we probably negotiate anyway. Did you have any strategy there, how you entered the negotiations? To be honest, I didn't even think about that we that we start dealing. I said, okay. okay. I said, 10. And they said, yes or no. Yes. I don't know why. For me, it was like, what? Huh? Yeah. They offered mm -hmm. me, yeah, okay. So, and that's what happened then. And I was on the phone, actually. Who, who did you actually call? My goodness, it, it was horrible. Because, okay, I got the phone from a cameraman because mm -hmm. I didn't have my, my phone with me. And okay, the only number I knew was the number from my husband. Of course. So I called him and he said, I said, Christoph, listen, they offered me 20. And, and he said like, but who is sitting there? He said, you don't ask me now, who are the investors? <laughs> who are the investors? I mean, he was really like, he said, oh, come on, forget it. And I was so nervous. I said, okay, I, I, I know what I have to do. And I just went out and said, oh, come on, middle 15. So your husband wasn't a, a too big help. He wasn't. No, he wasn't a big help. <laughs> Definitely not. No, no. So then you just took matters in your own hands and uh, you made a deal. And basically, what I also liked about your case is you came in very well prepared from my perspective because you had an external company valuation that you got done yeah. to also come in and say, "Hey, this is the valuation that I'm looking for." It's not my thought. It's basically what an external professional uh, says my company is worth. Why did he take the step? Because very few startups in the Shark Tank uh, actually take that step and have an external valuation. I wanted to have a, a, a valuation only with my balance sheet from somebody who doesn't know me and who doesn't know my company. Mm -hmm. Just because it's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, for me, it, I said, okay, I want to avoid the mistake to overestimate my company, what you usually do. Right. I said, the company is like your own child. You always say, okay, everything's great and perfect. <laughs> and my kids are, I don't know. It's the same with the startup. And it's wrong. I mean, and it would be a mistake doing that for your own. So, and it was very important for me as well that the person doesn't know me. I don't know that, that that lady who does who did the evaluation. I think that's a very reflective and professional approach, which is probably difficult for many founders because, as you said, it's like their baby. So they. It don't is. Take I mean, yeah. And okay, you spend a lot of time. You spend your money. You spend your ideas, whatever. But still, I mean, you need to have a real valuation. Right. Yeah, that's just part of the game. It is right. <laughs> And then successfully the deal closed and basically what's also interesting for me uh, to hear is how was the feedback afterwards? You know, many people probably saw the show. You got some very good publicity. Can you walk us through how the reactions were after your episode actually aired on TV? But Sylvan, you know that, uh, that I didn't sign the contract. Now you need to tell me because that, that was not in the show. <laughs> Yeah, it was not. No, I mean, because I mean, we had the show, we had the deal, I had the due diligence. Mm -hmm. um, I had an uh, uh, appointment with the, with the lawyers in Zurich mm -hmm. and uh, I didn't sign the contract. Oh, that's big news. Why did he decide not to sign? Godfather. <laughs> Again, the gut feeling. <laughs> <laughs> the gut feeling? I didn't sign the contract. Now, uh, 
in the end, it just didn't feel right to give yes. away that many shares? Um, or I, No, 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 no. It was not because of the shares. Okay. It's just we had a um, few points. But at the end, I said, no, I don't have to hurry up. I don't have to run into something. And um, I said, no. That's a very oh, bold step. This is very surprising for you. Yeah, but that's a very bold step to take. <laughs> yeah, I said no. So I'm still looking for for a partner, actually, mm -hmm. who fits me and my company. Right. And um, yeah. Very interesting takeaway. Very quiet now. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Yeah. But still, I'm, I'm sure that you got some reactions after the show aired on TV. I mean, probably many people saw it. Can you tell us a bit more about the feedback that you received? The feedback, the feedback was very good. As well, the sales was very good. Was It's very important. So um, the feedback was very good. I, I, had, I had a lot of... Um, I had actually other offers from investors. Yes. And... Um, yeah, what should I say? I mean, it was like, I felt like, oh, perfect. I mean, it went very well for me, for, mm -hmm. for Twist Out. Uh, I had very great, uh, good feedbacks. Uh, we, we had a fair conversation. Uh, uh, no, it was, everything was very, very positive. I mean, I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned Always. a lot. And it was very positive. It was a good, good show, good challenge, good was very nice. And if also sales are positively affected, I mean, yes. that's basically all you can ask this for. This is very, yeah, very important for me, even in Switzerland, because Switzerland was always a kind of, it was okay, but it was not that good. Mm -hmm. And this helped a lot. I nice. mean, the popularity for, for Twist Out, I mean, just went up. Absolutely. I'm just slowly recovering from the <laughs> yeah, fact that you didn't I, sign a deal. I, I feel it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. But just one more follow-up question on, on that one, because you were basically dealing with very well-known and successful business people and sort of rejecting them or saying no to a good deal that they probably also thought, okay, we had a verbal agreement on the show. Of course, every deal can fall through afterwards, um, but still... How did you cope with that sort of uncertainty, but also maybe pressure because you were dealing with pretty well-known and well-established uh, business people? Well, what I said at the pitch, and it's, it's, uh, uh, I meant it like that, I'm, I'm not impressed of anybody's money. Mm -hmm. I'm impressed and I have a respect for, for somebody who's doing his business very well and with the success, right. but I'm not impressed just because of the money. Mm -hmm. No, no. I'm too old for that. Uh, was that then also a reason where you felt that, okay, these might not be the, the right partners for you because of whatever uh, you were looking for? Yes, at the end, yes. I mean, um, they there were a few points in the contracts and, um, and I said, okay, it's, it's just not, no, I'm, I'm not ready for that. Okay. I'm not ready for that. Fair point, and again, very bold and for me surprising move, not to take the deal. But uh, yeah, yeah, very nice story. I didn't, I didn't take the deal. So now you're basically still uh, a one woman yes. uh, show. Still me, myself, and I. In a very successful way. What are your future plans? Like, what are your your core focuses at the moment? Where do you want to bring Twist out over over the next twelve months? 
I just I keep going my way and my focus is still on the globalization. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm, I'm more and less done in, in, in Germany. I would love to have a food store, that's it. But I have the rock stores, I have the, the zero waste stores, mm -hmm. I have the do-it-yourself stores. So I'm, I'm quite good in Germany now and, and now I try yeah, to be, okay, Switzerland, of course, yeah. and <clears throat> as well the East. And I'm trying to, to deal with the USA. Yeah, with the US. I'm, I'm, at the moment, we're, yes, we're trying that. It's a big thing. And, sure. Uh, I'm not sure if it's working, but uh, it's worth it to try. And, uh, mm -hmm. and how do you go about that? I mean, are you also, I guess you're also looking for partners and suppliers there that could then basically buy your product and, and resell it? Actually, or? they saw me on uh, LinkedIn or Instagram. I'm okay. not sure. And uh, they were asking me. So, um, and... We just signed a contract, and so now we see how it works. I mean, it looks good, actually. So just interesting what, what, what the, the U.S. retailer, what they think about. But still, even there, it's a sust sustainability and uh, all that stuff. So it's very interesting there as well. It's, uh, it's everybody speaking about and talking about um, zero waste, plastic-free, whatever. And... Um, yeah, we try that. I try that. Yeah, we try that. Yeah. We will talk about much more of how you do sales and how you get revenue in, in the second episode. Before we finish up with the first episode, I have uh, two more questions for you. Are there any favorite tools or gadgets that you use yourself on a regular basis that you can recommend to our listeners? <laughs> I love my Sonic toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> I think we never had that on the show. Yes, I, it's my iPhone. I mean, I like my iPhone. It's nice, but I, sure. I, 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 I really love my Sonic toothbrush. Yeah, that's a good I point. Think this is a really, it's a great idea. Cool. Yeah, I love that. And are there any additional resources like books, blogs, podcasts? Yeah. That you can recommend to our listeners. B books, I can't actually remember. I have a very, very nice book. It's more or less my Bible right now. Uh, but to be honest, uh, I'm, I'm not sure it's kind of when du weißt, was du willst. Und I have to check it. I have the book here. It's my Bible. Mm -hmm. We can and link to it in the show notes. Yes. It's, 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 something, it's, yeah, it's all these kind of out-of-the-box courage, face fears, um, self-knowledge stuff like that and um, it's very nice i love it all the the things you need to have sort of as a solo founder to uh yeah to make your way through the tough business world right wonderful yuta thank you so much for taking the time it was a pleasure talking to you today and a very interesting and also entertaining story thank you so much thank you Sylvan. thank you Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed the content and will be thrilled to receive your five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Next week, we'll be back in Rappersville with Yuta and talk about building her startup company without any investors. We talk about topics such as the start of the business, 
her salary as a founder, as well as sales and marketing hacks for bootstrap businesses. We hope to see you again next week for an all new episode of the Swisspreneur Show.